This morning, we're going to be talking about prayer and looking at one of the more famous prayers in the Bible. Uh, But to start us off in this, we'd like to watch a prayer from a young lady uh, who was praying for Thanksgiving dinner. fun to listen in on other people praying, especially when it's kids. Now, it's also deeply meaningful when we can listen in and we hear them praying for us. You know, we hear our name come up in the prayers. And wouldn't it be even, well, I guess, wouldn't it be powerful if we knew that the prayer somebody was praying that we were listening in on was their last prayer before they went to the grave? John 17 that we're going to look at today is all three of those. Through that entire chapter, we get to listen in, to listen in on Jesus praying. We get to hear him praying for us in verse 20, and we get to know, because chapter 18, verse 1 tells us that this is the last prayer that Jesus prays with all of his disciples before he goes towards the cross. Ultimately, this is a prayer of so that. There's a lot in here. We could go a hundred different directions, but ultimately it's a prayer of so that. Now, we're going to split up this morning into multiple different, uh, two different sermon sections, and we're going to sing throughout. We're going to worship in our giving of our tithes and offerings. So uh, hang on for the ride. And uh, as we, uh, we're going to stand to do another worship set. As we stand, we're going to dismiss the kids to go to Children's Church. I know it's a little bit early for them, but they're going to go with Miss Colleen and have a great time. So let's stand, and we'll continue to worship in song, and I'll pray as we prepare our hearts. Lord God, thank you for opportunities to, uh, to gather. Thank you for your grace and forgiveness as, uh, as we are a people learning every day what it means to be Christ-like. Uh, thank you for the times where uh, you remind us that uh, we need to come before you and say, I'm sorry. Thank you that we get to gather and worship. And I pray, Lord, even in the hiccups that we may have, that you take our worship and you consider it good because of Jesus Christ. Do that with what we have with the rest of our time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loves he the world that he gave us his Son, who yielded his life an atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, 
and give him the glory, great things he had done. O perfect redemption, the purchase of blood to every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. The praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Great things he hath taught us, great things he hath done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. And give him the glory, great things he has done. So praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. And give him the glory, great things he has done. Lift up your gaze, be lifted up. Tell everyone how great the love, the love come down from heaven's gates to kiss the earth with hope and grace. Sing, who is this King of glory, the Lord? Strong and mighty, who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. Lift up your hands, be lifted up. Let the redeemed declare the love. Then we bow down at heaven's gate to kiss the feet of hope and grace. Sing, who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong in my 
seated. We're doing a different Sunday, so if this is your first time with us, this is not the norm. We're going in and out of order, and it'll be fantastic. I want to see how much you were paying attention to the songs we just sang. In one word, what were those two songs about? Glory. Okay, good. Glory. Very good. Very good. John 17 is a prayer of so that... Listen to how Jesus begins, verses 1 through 8. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everything. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Verse 6. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. So Jesus had just finished in chapters 14 through 16 of John, giving the disciples all the last-minute details he wanted to give them before he went on this trip, you could call it, this adventure, this uh, cross and resurrection. So he says at the beginning... Or the author of John says, after saying all these things that he just said, Jesus then looks up to heaven and prays. He's done. He's finished, right? He's passed on what he was supposed to. So he lifts up his eyes to heaven and he 
praise. And we get to listen. So how does he begin? What does he start with? Did he start with what the girl started with up there? Thank you for pizza. Thank you for presents. Thank you for plates. I mean, I'm not knocking her. It's beautiful when kids pray. I love that. Did he start there or where did he start? Well, he started upwards. His focus was on God the Father. It's, it was on the glory of God. He was focused on giving God the glory he deserves, which is a great example for us to follow when we pray. No matter what we're going through in life, whether it's good or challenging, a great way to begin any prayer is by pointing back to the Father, by adoring him, by giving him the credit he is due. And Jesus does this. Even when he talks about himself in these first eight verses, the beginning part of his prayer, he's still pointing back upward. Let me give you the James International Version, not the King James Okay, the James International Version of those first eight verses. Jesus says, glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. Verse 2, yes, Father, you gave me authority over everyone, but it was because you wanted to give eternal life. And, oh, Father, verse 3, what is eternal life? It's knowing you and knowing me because you sent me. Verse 4, I've done the work, Father, that you sent me to do. I've completed it. Now I'm bringing glory back to you. Verse 5, God, let's get back to doing the glory thing, you and I together, that we did before this whole thing started. Verse 6, he says, I revealed you. I revealed your name to the chosen ones. They were always yours. The word you gave them, it was from you. They believed it's from you. Verse 7 and 8, what I have is a gift from you, Jesus says. They know it. They've accepted it. What they believe is that ultimately everything comes from you. Jesus begins his prayer doing that, pointing upward. But why? Why? Say again. It all starts right there. It does. It starts right there, and it starts with a relationship right there. I want to say Jesus, though, though it doesn't, the, the word so that isn't in verse 3. I want to say that the big so that is in verse 3. Jesus says, uh, this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Eternal life. I think that's what Jesus is pointing back to when he's saying, this is what it begins with when I'm talking to you, Father. Now, we hear the, the term eternal life, and Lord forgive us, but oftentimes we think of harps and clouds and angels and, you know, big pearly gates, and we think of what happens after we die. But Jesus doesn't mention any of those in verse 3, does he? No, he says what? Is eternal life? It's knowing the Father. Now, the first time the word to know happens in Scripture is in Genesis chapter 4. I was reminded of this at Project 619 banquet this past, this past Monday night. It goes like this, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived. Adam knew his wife. Now, they're obviously speaking about a certain type of intimacy there, but it's talking about so much more than just a certain type of intimacy we may be thinking of. Adam knew his wife. Knowing her meant he was familiar with her. He was close with her. He was in a deeply personal, meaningful, and life-changing and life-consuming relationship with her. That's what the word to know means. So when Jesus says in verse 3 of our chapter in John, 
Eternal life is to know the only true God. What he's saying is when we know the Father in that deeper relationship, it's an intimate, close, deeply personal, meaningful, and life-consuming relationship. All the rest of the stuff that Jesus begins his prayer with, the stuff like you've given me authority and I'm, I'm giving it back to you, the glory back to you, and, and I'm ready to come back to the things that we were doing before I came here. I've revealed everyone. All that is pointing back to where it began as Richard said, with relationship. With Jesus and the Father in relationship. And I want to say that the rest of this chapter is simply pointing back to that. There's a lot of stuff in this chapter, but it all really goes back to the relationship of knowing God. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, we're going to continue to worship in the giving of our tithes and offerings and more in song. Oftentimes, people, if they're new to the church or if they don't understand the giving of tithes and offerings, they may think that we pass a plate in order to keep the lights on or to pay the air conditioning bill. They may think that we pass a plate to pay the staff or, you know, to pay the lawn crew, which, by the way, I want to thank uh, Dick Winters. Where are you, Dick? Oh, he's in the nursery. Dick mowed the yard with a push mower this past week because our church's riding lawnmower is broken. So uh, don't tell them I told you, but say thank you for doing that. Um, we, we don't pass a plate just to fix the riding lawnmower. We, we pass a plate because ultimately when we give our tithes and offerings, we are saying to God, God, we give you the glory and honor. King Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 3, he said, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. So we choose to do what Jesus began his prayer with, pointing back to God through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you have given us more than enough. Realize that we in in this country um, are easily in the top 1% of, of the wealth in the world. And we have an opportunity to give back so that on a day in, day out basis, we can point people towards you, the Father. I pray that you would help us use our tithes and offerings to do just that. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just come forward. As the plates are being passed out, I believe the words for this next song will be up there. If you know it, go ahead and sing along with us. I am full of earth, you are heaven's worth. I am steamed with dirt, prone to depravity. You are everything that is bright and clean. The antonym of me, you are divinity. But a certain sign of grace was this. From the broken earth, the flowers come up. Pushing through the dirt, you are holy, holy, holy. Heaven cries, holy, holy God. You are holy, holy, holy. I want to be holy like you
Lord, everything that is bright and clean as your covering me with your majesty. And the truest sign of grace was this, that from wounded hands redemption fell down, liberating man, you are holy, 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 all heaven cries holy, holy God, you are holy, 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 I want to be holy like you So this might could be the most impossible thing. Your grandness in me, making me clean. Glory, glory, hallelujah. You are holy, holy, holy. You are holy, holy, holy. I wanna be holy, holy God. So here I am, all of me, finally, everything holy, holy, holy. Please stand with us. Our scars are a sign of grace in our lives. And Father, how you brought us through. When deep were the wounds and dark was the night, the promise of your love you proved. Now every battle still to come, let this be our song, it is well. Remain for a night, but joy will paint the morning sky. 
You're there in the fast. You're there in the feast. Your faithfulness will always shine. Now every battle still to come. Let this be our song. It is well. It is well. With my soul. Let's see if we're paying attention. What gospel are we in this morning? John. John. Perfect. What chapter are we looking at? Okay. Who's praying? Great. And as he started the first eight verses, where was his focus? God. Why was that his focus? What was he pointing back towards or to? I knew that was kind of be confusing. All right. Relationship. Pointing back to relationship, and this entire prayer is a prayer of so that, so that. We have seen so far Jesus begin his prayer, the last prayer with his disciples, and we're we're recognizing that there's a weight to this prayer, a significance. His eyes were lifted upward, and he begins praying, and he begins praying that God would get the glory, that everything goes back to him, and that we would know him. In eternal life, and that eternal life being now, not just once we die, but beginning now, and that eternal life being a deep, meaningful, close, personal, life-consuming relationship. That's still going to be the focus through the next set of verses. Listen to them and see if you can see that focus. Verse 9 and following. Jesus says, My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me so that they bring me glory. 
Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in the world, but I'm coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me these disciples. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me, and I guarded them so that not one of them was lost, except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Verse 13, now I'm coming to you, Father. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, so I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so that they can be made holy by your truth. Verse 20, I am praying not only for these disciples, but for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Now there's a lot in there, isn't there? This past week as I was preparing, I was, I was diving in. I had like, I think it was like eight pages of things to say. And then got to the end of Wednesday night and I came in here after worship practice and I told Tim, I said, I am way worse off now than I was when I started. It's like, where in the world are we going to go with this? Yeah, amen. <laughs> where are we going to go? So that. Did you notice how many times Jesus said that in that section? So that. Now, we could spend time looking at the prayer he said for us. This was verse 20. For those that will yet believe. We could look time looking at how he asked God to make us holy or, or set apart. That's verses 17 and 19. We could look at his prayer for our mission, to be sent into the world. We could look at how he, he asked God to give us joy. We could look at how he asks for protection. And that's a common prayer for us, to pray for protection. I went with the youth group yesterday on a rafting trip. Oh, Lord, help me, I was praying for protection. <laughs> the entire week, and not only when we started, but every little rapid we encountered. Going through bowling pitcher, oh, Lord, protect us, Lord, protect us. And, you know, those two guys in the front, man, they put those paddles in the water, and they pulled, and we made it over. And So we like to pray for protection. Jesus prayed for that. And we, we could also pray for unity. Jesus prayed for that also in this section. But more than just the unity of, you know, a group of five or six different churches doing a picnic in a park, or more than just the unity of them doing a, a, a combined Easter service, those are good things. But even the unity Jesus prayed for had a so that attached to it. Verse 11, Jesus says, Now I'm departing from the world. They're staying in the world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you've given me your name, or you've given me these disciples. Now protect them, there's that protection prayer, by the power of your name so that they could be united. There's that prayer for unity, but the so that is that they will be united just as we are. Just as we are. Jesus says that to the Father. That's all about relationship. And there's an intimacy in the relationship between Jesus and the Father. There is a deep, intimate, close, life-consuming relationship between the two of them. So even in the, the things that we could individually look at, there's still the purpose of relationship. The so that. 
And it continues with even greater, you could say, fervency as Jesus continued praying. In verse 21, he says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. There's that relational push. And then he says, and I pray that they may be in us so that the world would believe you sent me. Huh. So that potentially more relationship would take place. Let's keep going. Verse 22. I have given them glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. There's the unity. But remember, the unity pushes towards relationship. In verse 23. I am in them. You are in me. May they experience such perfect unity so that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Are you seeing the so that focus here? I mean, first it's so that, Father, they would know you sent me. And then it's so that, Father, not just they would know you sent me, but that they would know you love them as much as you love me. That's relationship. That's pushing back to the third verse where we would know God. In fact, we know this is what Jesus is pushing for because look at how he finishes the prayer. Verse 26. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. There he's like tying right back to the beginning, pointing back up. So that your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. So that your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. Jesus is praying all this so that more than just his disciples, those who will yet to believe, will enter into relationship with God in the same type of amazingly close and intimate way that the Father and Jesus has. It's a so that prayer, this entire thing. In fact, it's a little bit like John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. And that eternal life is what, Jesus says, verse 3, knowing God. Can you imagine if we started praying similar to what Jesus prayed? At, At least at some point in the day, praying this type of prayer. Father, we begin by giving you all the glory. Anything that you have done for us, it's so that you could be given credit. Can you imagine then praying some of the things we traditionally do pray for our joy, for our protection, for our unity, all with a so that. God, give us joy so that other people who don't know you might see you. Give us protection so that other people who don't know you will be led to you. God, give us a unity within this church, within the churches in Spokane, within the churches in the world, so that those that don't know you, the others, will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Can you imagine if Jesus answered those prayers? What a different world we'd be living in. Amen? This is Jesus' prayer of so that. I think I'm going to pray. God, we, uh, we have enjoyed looking in on the prayer of your Son. We have enjoyed seeing the fact that there is purpose in his prayer. We want to come alongside what he does and lift you up 
Father. Not just in what we say, but in what we do as well. We ask that you would help all of our words and thoughts and actions to glorify you. And God, we want to we mimic, we want to copy Jesus' prayer for joy, for peace, for unity, for protection. And God, we want to do that so that not just we are blessed, but that others will come to a life-changing, all-consuming, close, deeply personal, and intimate relationship with you. Father, that's what Jesus said is eternal life. And I'm grateful that we can experience that now and not have to wait until we breathe our last. Father, would you continue to grow our relationships with you, whether they are young or old relationships, whether we've been following you for two days or 80 years. May we continue to grow into a deeper, closer, more intimate relationship with you. And through that, Father, may we bring others to do the same. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand with us. You said, asking you will receive whatever you need. You said, pray and I'll hear from heaven and I'll hear your Lift up your eyes. 
The harvest is here. The kingdom is near. You said, ask and I'll give the nations to you. Oh, Lord, that's the cry of my heart. Distant shores and the islands will see your light as it rises on us. Ask and I'll give the nations to you. Oh, Lord, that's the cry of my heart. Distant shores and the islands will see your light as it rises on us. You said, ask and you will receive. Whatever you need. Are we bold enough to ask so that others would come to be in relationship with Jesus? I think we can be. Formation hour is going to start early today. So at uh, 1045 and it will be done early. Half hour formation hour if you're going to stick around for it. For those that aren't. Grab a treat on the way out. Say hi to somebody. And this week, my challenge for you is twofold. One, read John 17 a few times. And in your prayer life, add some so that's. As you do, may God bless you and protect you. May he smile upon you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen? Amen. Amen.